0: Thank you, Lord Jesus. Tonight, we will go first of all to the book of James chapter two, if you would please, James chapter two something very, very significant here. We're going to be talking about the covenant keeping God. He is a God of covenants. Amen. Lack of knowledge, particularly in the Western world. Lack of knowledge of what covenant really means in the Bible is a great hindrance to this part of the world. why were there so many miraculous things in the first covenant continuing right on into the to the second covenant jesus jesus was a prophet under the abrahamic covenant what he was doing was because of the covenant with abraham Why is it today that so many miraculous things happen in other parts of the world and people in this part of the world struggle to get anything to happen? And in some cases, just zero. Out of a lack of knowledge of covenant, came the traditions of western religion that said healing passed away that is impossible i said it's impossible do you know the seven redemptive names of god one of those seven redemptive names Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that heals you. For healing to have passed away, God would have had to have changed his name. Ah. (laughs) You know that didn't happen. Amen. So I want to show you something here from the from the uh, book of James in the second chapter. This is extremely significant. When the, when the King James or the authorized version was translated, it was done so at a time when covenant relationships, particularly and what we know now as Great Britain, were very, very real. James chapter two, look at the 23rd verse. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. And you notice friend is capitalized. That's proper. And the new King James, no, they didn't capitalize it. It's the new King James. (laughs) The friend of God, there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother and it's a blood covenant friend. It's a friend with whom there is a love covenant between you and that person. John Chapter Fifteen You remember now Chapter Thirteen Chapter Fourteen Chapter Fifteen Chapter 16 and Chapter 17 was all at the Covenant Supper. Oh, I'm telling you, people today take communion and 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 do our best to to understand what was going on, but it. It, it just kind of leaves you hanging there. Why do I do this? What, what, what's behind this? Why is this so important? Why is Jesus saying the things that he's saying? This is a covenant meal. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read something now that is a little shocking after what we found out in the book of James. Are you ready for something spiritually delicious? (laughs) I borrowed that from Brother Hagin. Your spiritual taste, you understand? Brother Hagin would say, a delicious morsel. (laughs) This is it. One of them, we're going to have a banquet tonight of these. In this... um, Let's, let's read verse fifteen thirteen. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. Make a capital F out of friends there. Now all of these men knew exactly what he was talking about. They understood it they were not all that far removed from the covenant of Abraham, which we'll get into in a a moment. You are my friends. If you do whatsoever, I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants for the servant knoweth not what his Lord does, but I have called you friends for all the things that I have heard of my father, I've made known to you. Now that's stunning, because he is about to become the Lamb, the Covenant Lamb. I want to go back to something Pastor George preached Sunday. Oh my, what what miraculous revelation! The manger was not a little trough. What are swaddling clothes? Those shepherds were not not out on the countryside. They were Levitical shepherds taking care of the temple sheep. The manger was a birthing trough for those little precious lambs that were the temple sacrificial lambs. And the swaddling clothes were wrapped around that little lamb because he would, and you know, When he's born, he wants to get up and kick around and they don't want him doing that. He might injure himself. And so the swaddling clothes kept him immobile to keep him from injuring himself. Oh, the exactness of the Bible is stunning to me. Picture Mary, if you will, there was a tower and those shepherds could watch over that, that flock. They could see out of that tower and, and keep an eye on that, on that precious flock. And there she is, that manger. They would bring the ewe, the mother, in there And that mother sheep would be in that birthing trough, giving very careful birth to this precious temple lamb, and then wrapping them in swaddling clothes immediately. It was not a barn. Oh dear Jesus, there she was. Right there in that spotless place for those little lambs. Now, what I didn't know until Sunday, thank God for a good pastor. Amen. It was 67 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem. On a donkey? (laughs) Ah. Well, Google
1: knows.
0: (laughs) What's the best a donkey can do with somebody on on a donkey? About the best, best that donkey can do is about, you know, about eight miles an hour. Not with a pregnant mother on your back, you're not doing any eight miles an hour. She's going very slow. Amen. But now, from there to Jerusalem is only about 20 miles or so. So it was easy. And of course, you've got to know she's healed. huh? It's easy to get him to the temple in less than eight days for him to be circumcised. The sign of the covenant. Amen goes right there. Amen. Can you see how little we've known all these years? But now I'm telling you something, my brother and sister, this is the time when these things are being revealed. We're the last days generation. And, and knowledge, spiritual knowledge, powerful knowledge is, is coming quickly. It's just flowing. It's like what I call going widescreen. I mean, something you've seen all your life and suddenly, what? <laughs> and all of a sudden, your goosebumps just don't go away. <laughs> <laughs> Give the Lord a thanksgiving right there. Now, thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 17, please. Leviticus chapter 17, and let's talk about the sacredness of blood. Now, this is the place where the Western mind loses the impact of the Bible. Blood, the word blood in some form or another appears in the Bible approximately 428 times, including the blood of Jesus. Glory to God. The blood of God. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to notice something here. Let's begin reading with the 10th verse. Leviticus 17, 10. Whatsoever man there be of the house of Israel or of the strangers that sojourn among you, that eateth any manner of blood, I will even set my face against that soul that eats blood and will cut him off from among his people for the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for your soul. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, no soul of you shall eat blood, neither shall any stranger, that sojourns among you eat blood. Now we're gaining spiritual insight into the sacredness of blood. In the eyes of God, blood is so sacred. I'm reading now from EW Kenyon's absolute wonderful work on the blood covenant. I remember first time I ever, someone gave me that that little book and uh, (laughs) Greg, this was back during the days when uh, Braniff Airlines, had a shuttle, it was back, but you know, before they had all of the kind of security laws and all that, they had a shuttle that went from uh, Fort Worth, Dallas to Houston. And it was every half hour and on the hour. And I had been in Houston that day and my, our airplane was in the shop. So I, I got on that shuttle And and I mean, you just bought your ticket at the gate and walked out there and got in the airplane. And so people didn't like to sit up there in the very front seats because there were no windows there. Well, that's where I wanted to be because I didn't want to sit with the people. And somebody had given me that little book and I I had it in my pocket and I thought, hey, this this is a good time to read this book. Now I had already read some of E.W. Kenyon's work And it's so powerful. I couldn't read over about a paragraph at a time. I just have to stop and swallow it, you know? It's so powerful. And um, so I, I pull that little red book out and I start reading this thing. My Lord, God in heaven, Jesus Christ of Nazareth is my blood brother. Amen. Well, my background is, is partially Native American. This is always big in my in my eyes, my, on my mother's side. And uh, I thought, whoa, man! And I'm sitting up there. And that, that front bulkhead, they had carpet on it because people stick their feet up there, you know. And I was up there by myself. And I, I'm reading this little book, and oh, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm shaking all over. And, and I'm kind of kicking that bulkhead. And here come the woman with the booze card. You know, all smiles. <laughs> now, this, she actually did this, Dennis. She pushed that cart up there to me and she said, would you like, oh no, you've had enough already. <laughs> I guess my eyes were glazed over brother cause I was drunk. <laughs> 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 I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there, I, I'm, hey, I'm having me a meeting right there in that front end, that, that, little, that little airplane. Glory to God. And I've been drunk on it ever since. And years ago, the Lord assigned me to teach the covenants of God and now he has reassigned that to me and I will be be dealing with the covenants of God until he says differently. Now, I'm reading From E.W. Kenyon's book, *The Blood Covenant*, the root word for covenant is to cut, suggesting an incision where blood flows. We miss that totally in English. Well, I mean, we 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 don't we don't even have any way to get there unless you know, you know, unless you find this out. Now also reading out of, out of um, E.W. Kenyon's book, Blood Covenant, reasons for cutting the covenant. There are three reasons for men cutting the covenant with each other. If a strong tribe lives by the side of a weaker tribe, and there's danger of the weaker tribe becoming destroyed, the weaker tribe will seek to cut the covenant with the stronger tribe that they may be preserved. Second, two businessmen entering into a partnership might cut the covenant to ensure that neither would take advantage of the other. Third, if two men Loved each other devotedly as David did Jonathan, they would cut the covenant for that love's sake. The method. Now there's, you have to understand that of course this has been turned into a grotesque thing that, that, but, but we're, we're talking about the the basic fundamentals that came out of the original covenants of God. The first blood covenant on record was when God killed an animal and clothed his man, Adam and his wife. Amen. The blood of that animal was said for a covenant between God and his man that brought back a relationship of God meeting the man's need. Cause once he sinned, he didn't know what to do. And immediately with that guilt and that sin on his mind and in his heart, suddenly he's naked. They had never seen their physical bodies because of the glory of the Lord. He was crowned with God's glory. And like God, you couldn't see his form because of the, the greatness of that glory. And then they disobeyed him and the light went out. And to them, this natural physical body without that glory was nakedness. Even though their bodies were perfect to them, they were ugly. And so God made them some fur clothes. Don't you know that's a good looking suit? (laughs) How would you like to have a suit of clothes that God made for you? It's coming. It's coming. You're going to get that glorified body. Did you hear what I said? Yes. Jesus, Jesus has one. That means we get one. Yes. Whatever he gets, we get. 100%. Way ahead of myself. Now, this was the basic covenant. Two men wish to cut the covenant. They come together with their friends and a priest. First, they exchange gifts. By this exchange of gifts, they indicate that all that one has, the other owns if necessary. Nothing is withheld, absolutely nothing. After the exchange of gifts, they bring a cup of wine. The priest makes an incision in the arm of one man and the blood drips into the wine. The incision is made in the other man's arm and the blood drips into the same cup. Then the wine is stirred and the bloods are mixed Then the cup is handed to one man and he drinks part of it. Then hands it to the other man and he drinks the rest of it. When they have drunk it, oft times they will put their wrists together so that their blood mingles or they will touch their tongues to each other's wounds. Now they have become blood brothers. Jesus said, this is my blood in the new covenant. Can you see what he was referring to? They understood that. These are Eastern men. They understood that. This is the reason why you can have such powerful, powerful meetings in Africa. It's just understood particularly when somebody teaches it and preaches it. I met a man years ago, he was from Great Britain and and he was doing some mission work in a part of Africa where they mixed blood by slitting the ends of their four fingers. And you would touch fingers. And your blood was mixed that way. He was going back. <laughs> and and he, he said, man, I said, I'd been there all this time, and I am so tired. I'm so exhausted. And I'm supposed to leave. And I'm waiting for transportation to go to the main city where, where the airport was. He, he, he's going home. Just exhausted. And someone came to him and said, there is a, there's a tribe here that they want to talk to you. The man that's head of this tribe, because he, he, he taught on covenant and he said, this man wants to talk to you. He taught on covenant while he was there. And he thought, man, what am I going to say to this man? And so they got in the vehicle and they went on out there in the bush in this village. And he said, there I sit. with an illiterate man, and I'm praying, God, what am I going to say to him? And the Lord dropped it in his heart. And he told him about Jesus coming. And he told him about Jesus being a covenant sacrifice. And here's what he said to him. He said, sir, the God, the creator of the heavens and the earth has sent me to tell you he wants to touch fingers with you. He said, that old man jumped and screamed and went running outside and went just as loud as he could. God wants to touch fingers with us. God wants that, and boy, they just came running from all over the different areas around there. And he said, the whole villages, just whole villages came in there and they all got born again. Just miracles and just healings. He said, that old man knew in 15 minutes more about covenant than anybody in Great Britain or the United States will ever know. He knew the gospel because he knew that blood and blood was sacred to him. And if you said something in blood with him, you wouldn't dare break it. Now to show you how indelible this was in that particular area, even in the main cities in the bank, they had, when you walked up there on the banking window, was a hand, and you walked up and touched fingers, indicating that you nor this banker, the teller, or anybody in that bank could take advantage of you or you of them. And if you were a Westerner and you walked up there and you didn't know what that hand is for, <laughs> all bets are off. <laughs> we just do to you whatever we want to. <laughs> Now, Stanley and Livingston, the great British missionaries. Oh my. Learned that the only way they were ever going to get inside Equatorial Africa, They could not get in there. They could go up to a certain line and could not cross that line. They couldn't get into the interior. They couldn't get out of the the coastal areas. Well, Mr. Stanley said, what are we going to do? And The man that was helping him there, the native said, well, you're going to have to cut the covenant. Well, He said, what does that mean? And he explained it to him. You're going to have to cut the covenant with someone influential. Now I won't go into all of the process, but anyway, this major king, me like Greg, seemed like he was a whole territorial king if I remember that right. Anyway, he had a spear and staff that had copper winding on it. He was a king. Mr. Stanley had a goat and the man agreed to cut the covenant with him. Well, Mr. Stanley had stomach ulcers and that goat was his livelihood. But it came time to, to exchange gifts and he wanted his goat. And he gave him his staff and spear with that winding on it. He said, I can't give him my goat. That, I have to have that goat. on account of the problems of my stomach. And all he's given me is a stick. (laughs) He said, well, if you want into the interior, you're going to have to make covenant with this man. That staff represented that King. And when he walked into any place, with that staff in his hand, they fell on their knees and welcomed him into their midst. And he got healed. Praise God! Yes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And they said in all of the years, Stanley and Livingston both said in all the years that they spent throughout Africa, they never ever knew one time when a covenant of blood, was broken,
1: mm.
0: not ever, because it carried the death penalty. You break it, you die. Mm. Nobody wanted to break it anyway. Amen. Amen. Now you un- can understand the Abrahamic covenant. God made covenant with Abraham, and when any Thereafter, the seed of Abraham would break that covenant, they should die. But God said, no, don't kill the man, kill an animal. I will accept the blood of the animal instead of the man. Can you see it? Yeah. Now you begin to see why it was so important to keep that, to walk in those covenants. Now, before I go any further with that, let's go, I'm going to be reading from the 15th chapter of Genesis. Only I'm going to be reading from the new King James. Genesis chapter 15. Now the Abrahamic covenant was in two parts. In chapter 15, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless? The heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. He brought him outside and said, look now toward the heaven and count the stars If you're able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldees to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I'll inherit it? So he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he brought all these to him and cut them in two down the middle. He cut it from head to tail down the spine and let the two halves fall. And all of the blood therein then fell to the ground, making a walkway between those animals. He placed each piece opposite the other. He did not cut the birds in two. When the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram and behold, a horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in the land that is not theirs and will serve them and they will afflict them 400 years. And also the nation whom they serve, I will judge. Afterward, they will come out with great possessions. Now, as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation, they shall return here for iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, there was a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. And on the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham saying, your descendants, I have given this land and so forth. That. Burning fire. Where else have we heard about that? In the wilderness. The great God. The almighty God. The El Shaddai God. The all sufficient God. Hallelujah! The more than enough God. Amen. Amen manifested himself as fire at night yeah. and cloud at day. Come on. Yeah. Abram literally saw the fire of God Himself. Hi, ah, Lord. God, I can understand. Saw him walk in that blood between those two pieces. Now, the traditional way of the Hebrew covenant was to walk in a figure eight. Now, what is the sign of the figure eight? infinity, forever. This is a forever covenant. God is saying. I believe with all my heart, I'm I'm telling you, Brother Charles, you couldn't beat this out of me with a stick. I believe Abram saw his footprints in that blood. I'm I'm totally convinced of that, that he he saw his his footprints. Hallelujah. Now, let's go to the 17th chapter, also from the New King James. When Abram was 90 years old, 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God. I am El Shaddai, walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Abram fell on his face and God talked with him. It is very significant. That it did not say Abram fell on his face and talked to God. He kept his mouth shut. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Like Rufus Mosley said one time, he was just praying as hard and fast as he could up in Chicago, laying on the floor and he said, Oh no, here, here lies a fool, knows nothing talking to somebody, doing, talking to somebody that knows everything and I'm doing all the talking. So he just shut up (laughs) to see what God was saying. Of course, God directed him and they had a great victory. But that's very significant. He kept his mouth shut. Amen. He let God do the speaking. Then Abram fell on his face and God talked to them saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations no longer, now, hey, hey, here here we go. The name changing ceremony is about to take place. There was no blood shed in that covenant in the 15th chapter, except the blood of a couple of animals. That's about to change. And this man's name, is about to be communed with God's name. Watch it. Watch it. I will establish my covenant between me and you, your descendants after you and their generations. For an everlasting covenant to be a God to you and your descendants after you. You see what he's saying? He's entering into a blood agreement. And God said to Abraham, hmm. Let's go back up in verse five. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. Now, the truth of this. Now, Professor Stevens, you correct me here if, if if I'm wrong about this because uh, Greg Stevens, professor in KCBC, is a is a Hebrew scholar. And I don't know the first thing about nothing but what I find out from from men like this. That H to us, I mean he just stuck an H in there. No, it's a whole lot more serious than that. Abraham, Abraham, God put his name in the middle. I'm going to jump the traces. I I can't I got to jump the traces right here. Just jump over there to the third chapter of the book of Ephesians. Oh, glory to God. And the apostle Paul, under the influence of the mighty spirit of the living God said, I bow my knee before the Father. Before the Father. after whom, not Jesus, Mm -hmm. the father, the El Shaddai God, the almighty God. I serve the almighty God. (sighs) And I have covenant Mm -hmm. with his almighty self. (laughs) And listen to what he said. After whom the whole family of God is named. <laughs> the name changing ceremony yeah. took place the moment you accepted Jesus yeah. as your Lord yeah. and Savior. Yeah. Ha, 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 ha. The name changed John. Yes, go oh, yes, Lord yeah. God. Hallelujah. Yes, that name changing ceremony took place.
1: That's right. I take it. Yeah.
0: And he said the same thing. Now that you're (laughs) chewing on this delicious morsel. I hope that chair's got a seatbelt on it. Second Corinthians chapter six Verse 14. Hey, we're talking covenant here. Be ye not unequally yoked together with people that don't have a covenant. Let me remind you something don't you remember what David said? Just a young boy. This man is so covenant minded. He's, he's, saying, to, he's saying to Saul, that uncircumcised fellow. That's what God said to Abraham when it, that, right there at that moment, he said, and you, and all your male descendants will be circumcised." Blood flowed. I said blood flowed. You see the the blood didn't flow in that one in the 15th chapter, but it sure did in the 17th. Oh, glory to God. Not the blood of an animal, the blood of a man. Oh, glory be to God. Well, look at this, 14th verse. Be ye not unequal yoked together with people that don't have a covenant? For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what hath he that believeth with an infidel? Now, any one of these people that would accept the, uh, Jesus as Lord would switch sides because now they would enter into the blood covenant Amen. by the circumcision of the heart. Yeah. Oh. What agreement hath the temple of God, that's you yeah. and me, yeah. with idols? You are the temple of the living God. Now listen, the same God, the very same God that walked in that blood of those animals, the very same God that cut the covenant with Abram and changed his name to Abraham, the very same God, this covenant keeping covenant minded god has said i will dwell in them i will walk in them i'll be their god and they'll be my people our covenant is a salvation and healing covenant abraham's covenant was a national covenant and we are the product coming from that covenant through the lamb himself that was born in a manger tower wrapped in swaddling clothes. Man, I'm telling you, this is shouting territory if there ever Covenant, the covenant lamb, the spotless lamb. The lamb that didn't say a word. He's just as quiet as that little lamb that would be offered in the temple. That's what he was born to do. It's shouting time. That's what he was born to do. blood poured from his back, fulfilling what the prophet Isaiah said. And then Matthew eight seventeen that was fulfilled. 53rd chapter of Isaiah was fulfilled saying he took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. Whatever you do, don't be going somewhere and say, uh, brother, would you pray for my arthritis? Yeah. Well, it ain't going to do any good. You own it. That's, right. That's not, mine. not mine. Jesus bore mine. Yeah. Yeah. He bore my sin yeah. in his own body on the tree. Yeah. That's part of my covenant. Because, John, here's the big thing, brother. The covenant's not between you and me and me with God. It's between God the Father and the resurrected Lamb. That's right. That's right. That's right. And all we have to do, even we we don't break the covenant. We just break fellowship. And all we have to do is just. I don't care how terrible and sorry you feel. Get over that there is therefore now no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus walking out after the flesh, but after the promise. Yes, All you need to be doing is just run to him Hallelujah. and say, I did it. I'm guilty. Ah, oh, but I have an advocate with the Father. Hallelujah. I have a covenant representative, Dr. Yes. I have a covenant representative and he's, he's sitting right there next to the Father.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and you come in and I don't care how terrible you feel about it. Don't let, don't let your feelings get in the way of your covenant. Yes. We have a covenant, it's not based on how you feel. It's based on what the Bible says
1: about it. Yes.
0: It's based on blood, not flesh feelings but the covenant book. That's a copy of that covenant. Hallelujah. And he's not only my savior, he's not only my baptizer with the Holy Spirit, he's my healer. He's my miracle when I need him. There's blood between us. Oh my. And it goes beyond feelings. Yes. And it makes you, where you, oh, you just f- do what Abram did and became Abraham. Fall on your face. Yes. Just fall on your face before him. And just pour your heart out in praise and honor. Say yes, sir. I fouled up big time. Don't start talking about, you know, I have this problem. Oh, shut up. Now hey, you don't have this problem. You got a sin on your yeah. hands. Just own it.
1: Yeah.
0: You've got a covenant. Yeah. And you're very important. You're very important to Jesus. You're, you're family. You're named after him. Yeah, that boy got my name. That girl got my name. <sighs> I was back in the back house. In fact, I, I was in, a, in the shower and I don't know, Gloria was far enough away in there and I'm, I'm tired and grumpy and which is no excuse, you understand? <laughs> and uh, she, I don't even remember what she said. She just hollered loud enough where I could hear her, you know? And I'm standing there under that shower, and I think, oh, she don't care nothing about me. You'd have thought I cussed. I'd have probably, got, I'd have, I'd have probably come close to getting away with that. And what I said, man, I'm telling you, he jerked me up. I mean, right in here, it was so strong. Who do you think you are? Man, I'd say, oh, whoa. I mean, I'd have I dropped my soap from washcloth, just stood there at attention. None of your business whether she cares anything about you or not. It is your business to care about her. Amen. Amen. Now he said, you straighten up. I said, sorry, I'm straight. (laughs) Besides that, he said, that's my daughter. Oh yeah. I'm sorry, Gloria. (laughs) Oh, I did. I ran and I said, come here, baby. (laughs) Oh my. When we finally realized we're family, a blood bought family, covenant with God. And he said, if they'll just listen to me, I'll be their God and I'll walk in them and I'll talk in them. They'll be my God. They'll be my people and I'll be their God. Amen. He's my El Shaddai in the flesh. He's, he's my Jehovah Rapha in the flesh. This is the one I like. He is my Jehovah Sabaoth. the Lord of hosts, the God of all the angelic armies of heaven. That little book of Malachi, when it talks about tithing, it uses the word Lord of hosts or Yehovah. Saboath, 22 times. That army of angels, that army is responsible for you as a tither. To see to it. But now you, you, you have to know your covenant rights. You have to know you have tithing rights. That's the reason that people say, "Well, you know, I just don't." I, it just seems to me like, well, you know, it all belongs to God. Well, you can seem like that if you want to. If if I found out, <laughs> if I, I really found out, the Lord was, you know, if He were to say to me, "Well, now you're a New Testament believer now," you know, I mean, it's just all belongs. We're a covenant of people; it all belongs to us. No, no, I'd tithe anyway, cause it's an honor to him. Amen. I honor him. But besides that, now you know what it means that Jesus is the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Yes, amen. Melchizedek was Shem. the one son of Noah that did not throw away the blessing of the Lord. And thank you Clark. (laughs) He's Melchizedek, the priest of God. Now you know, now you have insight and understanding. After the slaughter of the kings, he came to Abram of God, covenant man with God, possessor of heaven and earth. Amen. He wasn't calling. God, possessor of heaven and earth, he was calling Abram possessor of heaven and earth. Amen. Go look at it in the book of Romans and it'll bear it out. Mm-hmm. By faith, he became heir of the world. Yeah. What did he bring? Bread and wine. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And then it says it right there in the book of Hebrews there, here, men that die receive tithes. But there, he, who? Jesus, our Melchizedek, our covenant representative, the one who lives in here. Here, men that die receive tithes and there, he receiveth them of whom it is witnessed he's alive. He's alive. Our covenant partner is alive. The one who receives our tithe is alive.
1: He's alive.
0: We're family, blood family, my God. And I realized just as real Just as real as my forefathers, the Native Americans, just as real as they entered into covenants of blood. Very primitive, but people didn't break it. Just as real as that. Jesus Christ of Nazareth son of the living God, lamb of the living God is my blood brother. A friend that sticks closer than a brother. Are you seeing it? It's real folks. It's real. And as you study this and you as you meditate on it and think about it, when you accepted him as your savior, you 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 need to be accepting him as your healer. Yes. And your financier.
1: Amen.
0: Then it's not based on your job. Right. It's based on your covenant. Hallelujah. And I, I said this one time, I was preaching in, the, in this, this, right down this same line. And I said, a janitor can have a jet. Yeah. Yeah. It just came out of me. And I was talking about someone that was maybe the church janitor, but maybe have a business during the week. It's not based on his salary. It starts out based on that tithe. Are you listening? Once you know that, and once you know you have ministering angels sent forth the minister for you because you're an heir. You're an heir of salvation. You're a joint heir with the King himself the covenant blood of God. Now you know what it means when you hold that cup in your hand. Let's go over here to the Gospel of John. I want to go back into this again, please. 15th chapter. Jesus said, the great commandment, love the Lord your God. Now this begins to really talk to you. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And the second, fulfilling all the, 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 and, and love your neighbor as yourself, fulfilling all the law and the prophets fulfilling all the covenant demands. Now you know what this book is about. And the New Testament, the new covenant cut in the blood of Jesus. When that spear, Went into his side and pierced his heart. The blood on his back bought and paid for your sicknesses and diseases and pains and weaknesses. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But when that incision, that was the covenant cut yes. where blood flows. Yes, and all of that blood right today, all of it, not just a drop or two of it, glory to God, is on the heavenly mercy seat of God. Oh, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't know how you just sit there. Oh, dear God, dear Jesus. Dear Now he's continuing to talk about covenant. Verse seven, if you abide in me and my words, the words of this covenant abide in you, you'll ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciple. Come over here to the 17th chapter, the close of that day. He began to pray for them. Verse 20, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. This last covenant meal because the lamb is about to be offered. Father, that they all may be one as thou father are in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us and that the world may believe that thou hast sent me and the glory which thou gave me, I've given them that they may be one even as we are one they're stepping over into this new covenant in his blood. They don't know it yet, but they understand what he's talking about because they understand covenant. I and them, thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me and has loved them as much as you loved me." And he said, he wasn't praying for them, he's praying for you and me. Oh, the day I saw that the first time in my life. My little, our little house there in Tulsa, and I've just, Started in school, and I hadn't not yet had gotten any teaching through Brother Hagen. I didn't know about the new creation, and I was scripturally literate. But I did find out about the prayer of agreement, and I thought I'm going to read this prayer of Jesus, and I'm going to agree with what He says. And I did real good till I got down to that. I said, "Lord, that can't be. There, there's no way You love me as much as You do Jesus." But that's what, it, that's what it says, and it's in red. I have to believe it. It frightened me, cause I still had all that old religious tradition, and I, you know, I didn't learn it in church. I just somebody asked me what my background was, and I said sin. It's <laughs> the only background I had. Well, I said, but I'm going to say this thing: God loves me. I mean, I, my, my knees were shaking. I decided I'm going to say this. Jesus said it, I'm going to say it. God loves me as much as he does Jesus. God loves me as much as he does Jesus. Now, physically I was shaking. My, my, my knees were, were trembling, but I'm telling you, my spirit on the inside of me was, do, I mean, doing handsprings. And, and I just kept saying, it. I just kept walking around the room. God loves Kenneth. Oh, God loves Kenneth. God loves Kenneth as much as he does Jesus. God loves Kenneth as much as he does Jesus. I just kept saying it. God loves Kenneth. God loves Kenneth. God, See, I didn't know yet I hadn't had this covenant with him. God loves Kenneth. And then it dawned on me. Well, of course he did. My goodness, of course he did. He gave that. He gave Jesus to get me. And it hit me. Oh, it hit me. And you talk about somebody just kind of going crazy. (laughs) Now, hey, God loves Kenneth as much as he does Jesus. I'm a blood-bought brother, praise God. I have a blood covenant with the El Shaddai God in the flesh. He's my brother, he is my brother. I have been circumcised of the heart, hallelujah. I am in blood covenant with my father and with his son, Jesus. Come on, stand up and give the Lord a praise. Now Abraham, learn, learn to call things that be not as though they were just like God, because God, Abraham, a covenant with him. And people get so messed up when God told Abraham to offer Isaac, his only son. Oh, that is ridiculous. In fact, when you know covenant, that kind of thinking is ludicrous. He fully intended to stick him with that knife, offer him and burn him, and watch God raise him up right there. Because he had a blood agreement with him that it was going to be, his offspring would be like the stars in heaven. When he told him, can you count those? Then he entered into blood with him to back that promise, so shall thy seed be. And it says right there in the book of Hebrews, by faith he offered up Isaac and he received him raised from the dead in a figure. Now what's happening here? Centuries later, there's going to be a moment when God's only son would say, If there be any way, let this cup pass from me." And God would have to say, no, my covenant brother, Abraham raised the knife to offer his precious only son. Can I do any less? And the rest It's glorious. (laughs) Heavenly history. (laughs) Ah, Somebody start shouting hallelujah. He's my healer. He's my miracle worker. Now, Bishop David Oyedepo, right there in in, uh, Lagos, Nigeria, built that biggest church on earth. And um, he said he was having a hard time with the financial part of it. He said, I'm having trouble with the healing part of it. He said, but the money part of it, I mean, they, this and that's one of the poorest places on the face of the earth in Nigeria. And he came out of very, very, very extremely poor circumstances. But oh man, he knew he knew about praise and and his churches just kept growing fast because they just praise and worship God until something happened. But he said, I was having trouble with the money. And he said, he said, he read my book on the laws of prosperity. And then he read Gloria's, he said, I read Mama's book. On God's will is prosperity. And he said, I saw it. While I was reading Gloria's book, he said, I saw it. Prosperity is a covenant. Yes, he said, yes. from that day forward, I've never had any financial problems. Yeah. See, he believed that. Well, I don't know Jesus. I don't know why. I said, oh, Shut up. <laughs> no, he said, now, And he's told me this to my face. He said, when I see Jesus saying, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Once I know what God's mandate is, I seek him first and I have, I have, no doubt whatsoever, because I have a covenant with him. Yes, Those are blood backed words in the covenant of God. See how covenant minded he is. It's not just something in red letters. I mean, there's blood there and he's an African and he understands it. Glory to God.
1: Hallelujah.
0: I rest my case. (laughs) Give the Lord praise. Brother George, come on you and